The Angels try a new lineup combination against the Guardians in Game 1 of this series. Was it effective? Well, Taylor Ward thinks so. And we're also asking this question. Can Anthony Rendon be the Tony Two Bags he was in 2019? We'll give you our answer. Plus, is Michael Nelson Trout a Hall of Famer right now? We'll give you our answer and we'll tell you why. You're Locked On with Mike and John and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and we're available wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on? Thank you for joining us for this edition of Locked On Angels. My name is John and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike and that's my brother John. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. In fact, you can reach us on Instagram and Twitter at Super Halo Bros. And of course, you can follow this podcast at Locked on Angels on Twitter. We're celebrating a uh, Game 1 victory today after last night's 3-0 victory over the Guardians. Thank you, Taylor Ward. Thank you, Michael Lorenzen. And of course... Thank you, Rysel Iglesias, for shutting it down. Shut it down. <laughs> Let's talk about that game, man. It was a, uh, it was something that we needed coming out of this difficult weekend against the Orioles, and it's no easy task to go against Shane Bieber. In fact, uh, my fantasy team is taking a hit today because I have Bieber on my team. So, but I'll take an Angels win over a fantasy <laughs> win any day. You, so. You're willing to, you're willing to take the hit. Suffer yes. the consequences for Correct. an Angels victory. Well, That's it right. was was Shane Bieber against Michael Lorenzen. That's mm-hmm. uh, Shane Bieber, not Justin Bieber. <laughs> uh, it is not the ghost of you. And so, uh, first <laughs> couple things we got to talk about is Joe Madden comes in with this brand new lineup, John. Yeah, and he's got Taylor Ward leading off, and and then he's got Otani at second, and he's got Trout at third. Here's why I really like this. Otani was an MVP last year batting second, mm-hmm. and then I love that it gives Trout an opportunity to knock some runs in because he was on pace for like 45 home runs and 55 RBIs, the way that the season was playing out for him right, right now, and they still are going to bat in the top of the order, so they're going to get the most at bats. I love that, and I'm wondering if perhaps this move was actually a response by Madden to the pressure that he may be feeling after this weekend. What do you think? Uh, I think it was a, a terrible move because Taylor Ward was never on base for Otani. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, You're so my stupid. bad. <laughs> because of the home runs. Right. right. Uh, yeah, do you think Joe listened to the podcast? I, I doubt that he did. but I think he uh, did. I think, that he, <laughs> I think he gets into our listens, and he made a great decision. So let's applaud Joe Madden yes. for a great managerial decision by moving Ward to the top of the top of the lineup, he said he moved him there because he's been getting on base. And then, right. as you've mentioned, he hits two home runs. So it really was Taylor Ward three and the Guardians nothing last Absolutely. night. Absolutely, yeah. I think Taylor Ward at the top of the lineup makes total sense, especially given the fact that he has had such patient at bats. That at bat on Sunday that allowed him to be walked and got the the win, what ended up being the winning run in that was a tough at bat man it was. And, and it was a full count and he worked that walk and it just makes sense because he's hitting well he's getting on base like Joe Madden said and I don't I, I think Madden was just waiting for somebody to have an on base percentage in the realm of Taylor Ward before he made that decision gotcha. and you and I had been talking about you know let's put Marsh up there let's do this let's do that but Ward I didn't even think 
and consider Ward in that spot. And it just makes a lot of sense. Also, what I liked is the fact that while I love Andrew Velasquez's defense, his bat isn't quite there. And so there hasn't been anyone on base getting in front of the number one spot, you know, eight or nine or that sort of thing. And we had some of that. And that's what led Taylor Ward to have the two-run home run last night. Right. And so our the bottom of our order is getting on base, and Taylor Ward got to take advantage of that. And to go against Shane Bieber and have that kind of success is fantastic. And I think that he, what we talked about a few days ago, being the next Jared Walsh, I think that this is his breakout year, and I think he's getting there. And he's going to be somebody we're celebrating for a long time. He said something interesting, and they mentioned it on the broadcast last night, that he was in full take mode in that game against the Orioles mm-hmm. when he actually drew the bases loaded walk because mm-hmm. that pitcher was throwing some gas. And so Patrick O'Neill asked Gooby about that, and Gooby said, when somebody's throwing that hard, they're not going to be as consistent in the strike zone. And so right. Ward missed a couple of curveballs, and so he knew that he was going to get a fastball, and he got one, and it was up and in. But did you notice before he drew the walk, he broke his bat, and then they got him a new bat. Yeah. And it's kind of like this golden bat. Yeah. And so he draws (laughs) the walk, and then last night hits two home runs with that bat. So that bat has to stay because that's the hot bat. (laughs) He also also flew it out of his hands, too. So Yeah. (laughs) At one point. Yeah. Man, what a what a great game by Taylor Ward. And I love that he's improving. Here's our obligatory Mike Trout mention. He yes. hit a excuse me swing triple. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound that it made off the bat. Too. Did you excuse did you hear me. did you like that? I'll do it again. I'll do it again. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, we've been talking about Trout and we've mentioned this on the Super Halo Brothers podcast uh, about a month ago. We think that this is going to be Mike Trout's best season yet and he's proven us right John yeah he just gets better and better with every game and every season and he's continuing that trend can I point out something funny the exit velocity off of that triple (laughs) 57.4 and it's like the third slowest hit for a triple in the stat cast era so (laughs) I drive 57 miles an hour on my street in front of right. my house. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you probably shouldn't do that. Come on. Shh, don't uh, tell let's me, talk about Let's talk about Michael Lorenzen. Yeah, please go. And going six strong innings, no runs, 92 pitches, and even after he felt like he was a little bit squeezed, he still had a heck of a game. How, how many How many pitches? 92. How, how many pitches? 92. <laughs> we can... We can actually get over 90 pitches on, on this team? I didn't know well, we could do that. And that he was also allowed? six innings, and he yeah. got out of his own jam in in that sixth inning because Joe Madden lost his hook, apparently. He couldn't find well, his cane to yank him. So Can we just say it again? <laughs> Joe, the way you managed last night was so beautiful to watch. You managed right. that game so well. I know that the players were playing well, but Joe managed really well. If this yeah, is the Joe that, that we get, then we take back what we talked about yesterday and that he might not be with the team at the end of the year because if he manages like he did last night I'll be stoked to keep him and that's the Joe Madden we want that's the Tampa Bay Joe that's the Chicago Cubs Joe that's the Joe that we want and I so he did listen to the podcast (laughs) he did why why wouldn't he everybody listens to the podcast right (laughs) let's talk about today's game coming up we got Patrick Sandoval on the mound last time out he went four innings pitch four hits Two walks, five Ks. We need at least five innings from Sandoval. That'd be great. 
Yeah, we got Otani on Wednesday, and of course, Detmer's Day on Thursday. So this series is not over against the Guardians, but it does feel good to start it with a win. It's a big series for us, and it's been a nice rebound after this disappointing weekend against the Orioles. So let's go out. Let's take 304. Let's go for the sweep, whatever it takes. Obviously, we want the sweep, but I think we must win this series. Coming up on Locked On Angels, we'll tell you why Mike Trout is a Hall of Famer right now. And we're going to give you the talking points so that you can own those jealous fans who want to disrespect the GOAT. But first, Locked On Angels is brought to you by Bet Online. Check out betonline.net. It's your number one source for all your betting stats and info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all sporting, wagering information, live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about trends and actions. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. And now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. You get recaps of MLB games like the Angels game last night, big victory, with analysis from local experts like us, taking fans through the season like no other network. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Mike. So I want to take some time to talk about Anthony Rendon and ask the question, are we ever going to get the 2019 version of Anthony Rendon back? Now, I know that you did a little bit of research, and in fact, Jeff Fletcher of the OC Register had a great article about Rendon. Tell us about that. Yeah, this was a great article. You could check it out on uh, Fletch's uh, Twitter page. Um, he talks about Rendon. So just so we have some context to this, Rendon is in year three of a seven-year, $235 million deal, the same deal that John and I are negotiating with Locked On right now. Correct. And uh, in the story, Rendon actually discusses a few things. One of the things that he discusses is his hip surgery, Tony Two Hips, mm-hmm. as you've called him. Uh, he had <laughs> surgery, and he said the difference after surgery was like night and day. I bet. And I'm sure that he had a lot of relief and... It was probably relieving just to his mental health to know that he was healing up. But he did concede in this article, great article by Fletch, by the way, and he did concede that he's still searching for that lower body strength needed to throw normally. And we've noticed mm. that a bit in the field. Yeah, He's been a yeah. bit inconsistent in his, in his fielding. And his plate numbers are not where we would want them as fans. And it was nice to hear Rendon say, yeah, it's not where I want to be either. And Rendon has been taking more time in the batting cage and working on small tweaks and adjustments. He did say in this article that he plans to play 150 to 155 games this year, which would be awesome because he hasn't been able to get anywhere near that with the Angels so far, including that COVID year. And so he said he feels healthy, which is why I think this question is appropriate. So I'm going to lay this in front of you. Will we see the 2019 version of Rendon, John? Will we see it this year, next year, or will we see it ever? And just for context, here's his 2019 season. Okay. He had a 10-10 OPS, 34 home runs, 
126 RBIs and 44 doubles. Plus, Dang. they won the World Series that year. So also that that yeah, that's that's what we want. And so, first question I have for you is: Will we ever see the 2019 version of Rendon? Will we see it this year, next year, or will we ever see it? I think if we have something close to that this year, I think that that is a success. Look, I I remember reading about Matt Chapman and Matt Chapman from the, at the time the A's had the same kind of hip surgery and it took him a while to get his feet under him again so to speak and but he still was a productive part of that infield a productive part of that A's team he's currently with the Blue Jays and it takes some time to recover from that and like Rendon said find your footing again get that lower body strength and be able to throw accurately and we've seen that he's had some trouble there's been some errors and that's not like him and not the Rendon that we're used to. And so if he says that it's going to take some time to get the lower body strength again, and then we see on the field that he's making some uh, some errors, then uh, then I believe him. Then I believe that he is doing everything that he can to, to feel normal again. But to not have that slicing pain that he described that he was having last year yeah. and feel like a night and day difference... I think that that indicates that we'll get back to a Rendon that we're excited about, that we're thrilled with. And look, it's not like he's stinking it up either True. at this True. point. I mean, he's he's productive in, in a lot of ways, and you can't beat that defense. And the fact that he had that hip surgery last season, and then he's stretching out fully for that diving catch the other night against the Orioles, I, I think... What the issue people have is, is that he's calm, cool, and collected yeah. in the same way that Garrett Anderson was calm, cool, and collected. Exactly. In the same way that Justin Upton was calm, cool, and collected. Exactly. It it rubs people the wrong way as if they're not doing enough. And I just have to say that if, if Rendon is in the cages and he's working on those throws, then that tells me that he cares and that tells me that he's trying to get better. Look, with with Albert Pujols, people like to compare this contract to Albert Pujols. There was a point where Albert said, you know, if the shift wasn't a thing, I would be a much better hitter. (laughs) Me too, Albert. (laughs) Yes, that might be true, but the shift is here to stay. And that doesn't mean that you just keep doing what you're doing. You have to get better. You have to adjust. And to me... Anthony Rendon is trying to get better at the things that he needs to improve, and he's trying to feel like himself again. So it doesn't say to me that he's just going to let what happened happens. He's going to keep trying and keep trying to get better, and I, I totally think that this is a different situation than an Albert Pujols kind of situation. What say you? Well, in the offseason, Rendon was interviewed and he said, yeah, it sucks. It sucks to not play well, <laughs> and I liked that, right? And I think what fans have this expectation on players. They, they have this expectation that players are going to respond maybe like they would respond in their yeah. slow-pitch softball games. Like, you're, they're going to be mad <laughs> because they struck out or they didn't make a great play. Well, Rendon's not your personality. His Enneagram right. might be different than yours, right? And so <laughs> the, the truth is, is that he's responding, I think, the best possible way, and we just want to see it as fans. And what I hear you say, and I agree with you, is that we are seeing it as fans. And this article from Jeff Fletcher is affirming that we're seeing it as fans. Like, he is taking Mm -hmm. it seriously. He's working really hard, and he wants to be who he was in 2019, maybe even be Mm -hmm. better than he was in 2019. And so I can see him being our 
Adrian Beltre being that mm, version mm-hmm. of a player for us. Strong defense, good offense. He's going to come through when necessary, and he's going to have a whole lot of fun, and he will let people touch the top of his head, right? Like Because <laughs> Beltre didn't like that, right? Here's, here's the question I have for you. Second question. So what stats would you consider a successful year for Rendon? What are some numbers that you would want to see Rendon have that you would throw out there and say, hey, this would be great if he reaches kind of these numbers this year if I had to compare to that 2019 season and I mean that's just uh one of his best seasons ever first of all I think that statement of 150 to 155 games that needs to happen yeah that must happen for sure the 44 doubles is like the most he's had in a season I think so if he's somewhere around 40 doubles that works for me yeah he he I people have this impression that he's like a a big time home run hitter and he's not been that throughout his career. Now he has had seasons like 2019 where he's hit 34, but I think if he's if he's somewhere around 25, even 30 tops, that's a success for me. Okay. And of course, I think being in the third spot, the fourth spot wherever he's going to end up in this lineup, he's got to be somebody who hits around 100 RBIs. Yeah. And I think between hitting 40 doubles and getting 25 to 30 home runs, I think that that's definitely a a possibility for Anthony Rendon. Yeah, I think that he needs to have 100 RBIs. I know that RBIs aren't looked at as a really great stat anymore, but I think that that'll prove to be successful and prove to help our team be successful this year if Rendon is knocking in over 100 runs, maybe 110 or, gosh, 120. That means that runners are getting on and Rendon is coming through when necessary. Hey, Locked On Angels is brought to you by Rock Auto. Now, there are many different makes and models of cars today, and it can be really impossible to expect your local auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. You have to endure intimidating questions like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? Do you even know what that means? And if you answer correctly, then you wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry... You do not have to do that anymore. At rockauto.com, you have access to all the parts your car will ever need. From brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil and even new carpet, rockauto.com has it all. And here's the good news. Rock Auto is a family business. They serve do-it-yourselfers, and they've been doing that for over 20 years. And because they're family-owned, they understand budgets, which means Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every single customer. So... You working on your car? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you do, make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That way they know that we sent you, Mike and I sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com. All right, last question, last segment of the day. For this Tuesday, of course, we got another game against the Guardians tonight, but we want to talk about Mr. Michael Nelson Trout. Mike, is Mike Trout a Hall of Famer right now? All right, here we go. Let me uh, let me let me set you up. All right, let me set okay. you up as an Angel fan. Set the There's stage. There's been multiple questions on Twitter and multiple conversations about how a Hall of Famer needs to have these stats and these great playoff performances, and so. I'm going to talk stats, and then, John, why don't you talk playoff performances? So, right now, 
Mike Trout has an OPS of over 1,100 this year. Nice. That's good. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but let's not even talk about this season. I'm gonna I'm gonna wipe this season away. Okay. Mike okay. Trout's slash line before the season started was a 305 average, a 419 on base, and a 583 slugging, which brings him to 1002 OPS. Now, comparing <laughs> that on. to another center fielder who is a Hall of Famer, his name is Willie Mays. You may have heard hey, of him. I know him. <laughs> Here's his career slash line: 301, 384, 557, and a 940 OPS. And Mays played 12 more years than Trouty has played currently. And so Trout wow. still has time to pad the stats, if you yeah, will. Yeah, no kidding. And here's the thing. Like, the Hall of Fame is not about the playoff Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame is supposed to honor players who played the game at an elite level. And they played the game at an elite level personally. Like, they did really, really well. And Mike Trout has proven already this year that he is an incredible player, and he has really tried to help the team win. And we've talked about this on the pod. You can't blame him for some of those losses when he's right. hitting two home runs in a game or he's getting a triple off an excuse-me swing, right? There isn't a serious argument that can be made about Trout that says that he's not an elite player. Since the time he was in the minors, Trout was called a great player, and he was compared to, oh, um, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, Mickey, hmm. uh, Mickey Mouse? Mickey, Mickey Mantle. That's who it <laughs> was. Mantle. Who was incredible, right? And a Hall yeah. of Fame player. And I know comparisons are hard, but when a player has matched the stats of that player, it can't be ignored. And in fact, ESPN at the beginning of this season came out with the 100 greatest players of all time. And Trout was 15th on that list. Wow. And here's, right here's who came after Trout, Joe DiMaggio, Frank <laughs> Robinson, Rogers Hornsby, I've always loved that name, and a guy <laughs> named Cy Young. Those are some names. Those are some names, right? <laughs> I think it's really easy to forget about Trout because he has been hurt and we did have a COVID sure. year, but as Trout right. is showing us this year, he is saying, don't you forget about me, right? And so, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the backup there. I appreciate it. Yep. So, I think that he has proven himself. If he retired today, he is a Hall of Famer. The playoff wins would be nice, but the truth is is that Hall of Fame doesn't measure playoff wins. They measure the success of a player. But John, take us a bit deeper, and let's talk about some of those playoff wins and some of those playoff Hall of Famers. Let's talk about playoff wins and World Series wins for a moment. Now, how much they have mattered in selecting Hall of Famers, let me give you some names, okay? Willie McCovey, of course, 22 years with the Giants, the Padres, and the A's. He's a six-time All-Star, Rookie of the Year, and MVP winner. Hey, that sounds familiar. Yeah. He had one World Series, and it was a loss in 1962. Still in the Hall of Fame. Still. Rod Carew, a 328 batting average over his 19 years. Former Angel. Incredible consistency. 18-time All-Star, AL MVP, AL Rookie of the Year, 7-time AL Batting Champion, wow. and he had his number retired by both the Twins and the Angels. Rod Carew never got past the ALCS, Mike. Still a Hall of Famer. Still a Hall of Famer. Ernie Banks, Chicago Cubs legend, first ever to win back-to-back -back National League MVPs, 14-time wow. All-Star, Gold Glove winner, 2-time National League Home Run winner, 19 years in the MLB, Never made the playoffs. Still a Hall of Famer. Still a Hall of Famer. <laughs> so everybody who says, yeah, but he's never won a game in the playoffs. Well, don't worry, because that's coming at the end of this season. But also, hey, hey. 
as we've proven with some of these Hall of Famers, with names that you know of, our conclusion is that Mike Trout is a Hall of Famer today without a playoff win, and his career is not even over yet. So, non-Angels fans out there, those trolls that just hate the fact that we have the GOAT on our team. (laughs) G-O-A-T! Everybody needs to take a step back and recognize that Mike Trout is destined for the Hall of Fame, whether he has a playoff win or a World Series ring or not. But we'll see what happens at the end of this season. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast, hosted by Paul Francis Sullivan. He likes to be called Sully. He brings his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present, and it's free and available wherever you get your podcast, John. Hey, be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On Angels. Connect with Mike and I on Twitter and Instagram using at Super Halo Bros. What do we have on deck for tomorrow? We're going to talk about how important a good shortstop is for the Angels organization. We're going to give you some names, share some stats, give you a brief history lesson that will show you just how needed and necessary a good shortstop is for a winning Angels ball club. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Locked on Angels. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. And we'll see you right here tomorrow. Thanks, everybody.